Good morning. Please turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 18 for our exhortation to prepare us for a time of confession. Proverbs 3, 13 through 18. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. This is the word of God. Well, the focus here this morning is on verse 17, where we are told that wisdom, the ways of wisdom are ways of pleasantness and ways of peace. That is the focus that we're going to have here. Ever since the original temptation and fall into sin, going back to Genesis 3, there has been a lie going around this world, and it is a lie that is often believed. The lie goes something like this. God's ways are hard. God's ways bring dullness and gloom to our lives. God's ways are wearisome. God's ways take away happiness and replace happiness with a tiresome and long list of requirements. This is the lie uh, stated in different ways that's been going around for a long time. Now to that lie, the word of God says this in 1 John 5. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. (laughs) The opposite of the lie that's going around. His commandments are not burdensome. Now, last week, when we reviewed the catechism, Pastor Kevin uh, wisely reminded us that uh, when it comes to the commandments of God, as we go through the Ten Commandments, these Ten Commandments are a burden if we are not set free and redeemed by Jesus and enabled to keep the commandments of God. So, yes, there is a sense in which the commands of God are burdensome if we are utterly unable to do them and if they condemn us in our sins. But that is not so for the redeemed children of God, is it? Once we are redeemed and set free by Christ, then God's ways of wisdom, his commandments, his statutes, his counsels, these things become to us very blessed and good and desirable things that guide us in the way of righteousness. So that is how we need to view God's ways of wisdom. They are good ways. They are desirable ways. They are pleasant ways. And what we're told in this passage that we read is that the prophets that come from God's wisdom are better than silver and even better than gold. And if you've looked at gold prices recently, they're pretty high, aren't they? I mean, above $2,000 per per ounce. The ways of wisdom, God's ways, are far more valuable than many thousands of ounces of gold. The wisdom of God taken in and applied in your life, enabled by the Holy Spirit's working within you, the text says that that's better than the finest stones that this earth contains, better than rubies, which are quite valuable. And with wisdom come riches and long life. And so we see all the ways in which wisdom is described as a good thing, as a desirable thing for the children of God. And I want to focus on Proverbs 3, verse 17. 
It says, her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Now keep in mind, as we speak about wisdom here, this is wisdom directed to the redeemed, justified, adopted child of God who is being sanctified by the Lord. That's who these these exhortations come to in particular, and that is how we ought to receive them as well. God's ways are not burdensome and wearying. They are pleasant. They are peaceful ways. Now, the way in which we experience this pleasantness and peace is often quite counterintuitive to what we might expect. Because we know that the Christian life involves self-denial. It involves bearing our cross every single day. It involves not living for ourselves, but living for Christ. That's all very counterintuitive to the way that we think that pleasantness is uh, received and experienced in, in our lives. In fact, the Christian life involves killing sin and killing our flesh. Does that sound painful and difficult? If so, you're right, it is. Paul says that we, we crucify our passions and desires. We nail it to the cross and we, we have it die this wretched, painful death. It doesn't sound pleasant in some ways, does it? Well, it actually does become the way of pleasantness and peace. As our sin is killed, which is the thing that disturbs us and and robs us of joy and happiness, as that is killed, and as we walk in the ways of wisdom, then we do begin to experience pleasantness and peace. Now take, for example, the fruit of the Spirit compared with the works of the flesh. Which would you rather experience in your day-to-day life? You have the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. If you were to pick a list that just defined your week, Which one do you think would bring pleasantness and peace? Love or hatred? That's the two lists. Joy or envy? Peace or outbursts of wrath? Which one sounds more attractive to you? Long-suffering or contentions? Kindness or selfish ambitions? Goodness or jealousies? Do you see which list is more attractive? Which one would you rather have in your life and the life of those around you? One of them is the way of pleasantness and peace, and the other one is most certainly the opposite. The way of pleasantness and peace is found by living life in the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, led by the Spirit. You begin to experience pleasantness and peace. Now, the point in all of this, brothers and sisters, is that whatever counsel God has for us in his word, whatever wise word God has for us, even if it takes sacrifice, self-denial, cross-bearing, it is the good way for you. It is the way of pleasantness and peace. Now, I'm not saying that the second that you do God's will all your challenges in life evaporate like the morning dew and you just skate through the rest of the day with nary a problem at all. I'm not not being unrealistic, I hope. It's true, sometimes doing God's will comes with even more difficulty than the opposite for a time. First of all, we need to have a longer-term perspective on these things. God brings peace and pleasantness to our lives, but it sometimes comes through much difficulty along the way. Sometimes we have to look at these things in in a three-month period or even a two-year period and see how God has brought pleasantness and peace as we have turned away from our own ways and walked in His. 
Nevertheless, even on a micro scale of just looking at one day, how does the day go for you and your family when everyone is seeking their own interests at the same time? Everybody's out for themselves at the same time. Is that a pleasant day? No one wants to serve anybody but themselves? That doesn't make for a pleasant day, does it? It makes for a pretty discouraging day. But then, if we wake up with joy in our hearts, rejoicing in the goodness of God, empowered by the Spirit, ready to deny self, serve others around us, and we focus on pleasing God, what if everybody in the family does that? How does the day go? A whole lot better. Much more pleasantness and peace when we walk in God's ways. And so what we need to do then is is to repent of any wrong perspectives of the counsels of God. God has good things for us. He has good ways for us if we will receive them, enabled by the Spirit, and begin walking in them. And so our God, remember, our God is good, brothers and sisters. He is a good God, and he has good paths for us to walk in. And so let us then embrace the paths that he has for us, no matter what kind of sacrifice it's going to take for each of us. It is the very best way that we can go. So now we have a time together to confess our sins. We will use the prayer of confession, and this is an opportunity to humble ourselves before the Lord, to bring before him those ways in which we have broken his commandments, and then with confidence and assurance receive the forgiveness that is found in Jesus. So I invite you to kneel down with me, and we will uh, say these words together. O Lord, eternity is yours. You know all things. O Lord, the depths of our conscience is lay bare before your eyes. Could anything of ours remain hidden from you, even if we refuse to confess it? We should only be shielding our eyes from seeing you, not hiding ourselves from you. For you have called us to be poor in spirit, meek, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, merciful, pure in heart, and peacemakers. Forgive us for every failure to be what you have called us to be, what the Lord Christ saved us to be, and what we ourselves in our hearts desire to be for your sake. Forgive us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now we take a moment to confess our own sins to the Lord.